Yeah, you know, that's, that's my confession. I'm going to stand on it, praise God. Well, listen, I want to pick up a little bit where I left off last week. And again, remember the title of the message last week, and it's kind of, and I'll get into this a little bit more um, in the weeks to come, maybe one more week. But the title of the message is, God's greatest commodity is you. You are the greatest commodity on this planet. Isn't that right, Betty? That's right. Betty says yes. So if Betty says yes, then it is yes. All right? So again, we are the greatest. Yeah, and you know what? And remember, did anybody practice the assignment I gave you last week? Remember we talked about in Genesis, God said he saw everything he made, and he said, indeed, it was very good. Remember the assignment I gave you? Go home, look in the mirror, and say, you are very good. God said so. I did. I did. My wife had to run me out of the bathroom. She said, honey, I need to take a shower. But I'm not done yet. See, you're valuable. Now, I want you to understand, not only are you valuable, but what you have is valuable. The things that God has given us are valuable. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief does not come except. Now, a lot of us say, well, the thief does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. No, he doesn't even show up unless there's something that he can steal, kill, or destroy. That's why he shows up. So whenever you're trying to make decisions in life or things are happening, you can know, discern right away what's God and what's not. If it's trying to kill, steal, or destroy, you know where that's from. God did not drop a tree on your car because he didn't like the color. That's the enemy. Quit calling it an act of God. It wasn't an act of God. It was an act of the enemy. All right, let's give credit where credit's due. All right? So, but God came to give, Christ came to give you life and life more abundant. And this is the type of life that we should be living. Now, where am I going with this? God's greatest commodity. I am convinced that one of the problems we have is that people do not understand. I'm talking about Christian people in church do not understand the value that they are to Christ and how valuable they really are. We have Christians, Christians walking around defeated. And I'm not talking about, listen, if you're a Christian, you're going to have some bumps in the road. I'd love to tell you, you got born again, man, it's all a bed of roses. Everything's great. It's smooth. No, no, no. You've got salvation. The enemy hates that. What's he coming after to steal? Your, your value, anything you value, he's coming after. All right. But here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm going to read this because I wrote it down. I want to get it right. We are valuable, and we have the victory, and it's time to start acting like it, living like it, and talking like it, and walking like it. And I'm not talking about being arrogant, but being very confident in who you are. We make the Lord way too little. I am absolutely done with this. I'm done walking around in fear of what the enemy may do. I'm going to walk around rejoicing in what the Lord has already done. But we do this. I've been in the ministry almost 30 years, and there's still, there's times I walk around with this anxiety or this fear, like, oh, what's the enemy going to do, and how is he going to mess this up? Instead of walking around in authority saying, no, this is what the Word of God says. This is what I believe. This is what I'm going to walk in, even if there is a storm. Quit. We, we worry so much about what the devil's going to do, we forget about what Jesus has already done. He's given you everything. 
thing that pertains to life and godliness. What did he leave out? Nothing. Nothing. It's only the enemy that tries to convince you that you lack something. He's the one. He's a liar, and he's a thief. See, you're worthy because you're valuable to Christ. See, now listen to this very carefully. Many people and even Christians think because you have failed or continue to fail that you're worthless. By whose, by whose standard? By what standard are you a failure? In your own eyes? In the world's eyes? In someone else's eyes? You feel worthless. Why? Because you failed. Well, let me give you a hint or give you a clue. <clears throat> I want you to look to the person left and right. We've got a building full of failures. Failures. We are, we are, we are, we are building full. Yeah, I'm getting there. We are building full of broken people. That's what you were. That is not what you are. No. And so what happens is people will make you, well, people will try to convince you that you're worthless. You made a mistake. I'm never going to forget it. Well, big deal if you don't forget it. Christ has already forgiven it, forgotten and forgiven me, and so to you. I know if I'm allowed to do that in church. I'm not allowed to do that in church? I'm going to the woodshed after church. My wife says, nope, you're not allowed to do that. I was in Texas. I was in Texas preaching years ago, and, and I, I made that same comment. I said, you know, people they come down they sit down in that chair and they stay in that chair for 25 years and never get out and I said you know they've got an indentation I probably shouldn't say it in this church either but I'm gonna the indentations of their butt right there in that in that chair and the pastor's in the front row and he turned all kinds of red and he's laughing and giggling and and I was like oh are you not allowed to say butt in church he says no you're not allowed to say butt here I said okay I won't say butt anymore <laughs> so anyway I get myself in trouble but don't worry I will be chastised properly See, many think because you continue to fail, you're not worthy or valuable. Gee, Jesus died for all of it. Let me give you a hint. Don't quit quitting. Don't quit quitting. I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I struggle with Don't quit. Get quitting. Keep going. Because I say that the Bible says you can be free and there is deliverance. Now, Matthew 13, 45. Let me get to some scripture verses here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like merchants seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now let me ask you a question. I want you to look at the scripture verse in maybe a little different way today. What do you have that you can sell to purchase salvation? There is nothing. We say, I came to Christ, I gave everything. Did you really? Did you really? I mean, you gave him all your sin. But my truck, that's mine. You know what? You, valuable one, are that pearl. That Christ gave everything for you. You are a pearl of great price. Now, this week's assignment, you go home and say, you're a pearl. Amen. <clears throat> you are a pearl of great price. Do you know how valuable that makes you? But we walk around feeling we're worthless and helpless, and here's what the enemy does. If the enemy convince you, can convince you that you're worthless and you have no value, he can be assured you won't do one thing in the kingdom of God. 
because I am not worthy to do anything. Really? Christ died for you. When you get to heaven, you argue with God about, I wasn't worthy enough to send Jesus for. You'll lose that argument. So you're that pearl of great price. You have worth. You're worthy. He values you. Jesus went to great lengths for your value. I mean, he came. How many of you have ever traveled a long distance to see a relative or a friend or someone? A long distance. Why? Because your relationship was valuable to them. Christ came out of heaven all the way to earth. You think he valued you? Oh, yeah, he valued you. But I'm going to go somewhere with this. And in Luke chapter 8, it says, Now it happened on a certain day he got into a boat with the disciples, and he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down the lake, on the lake, and they, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and it ceased, and there was calm. Do you know that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you? You have the authority to be able to speak to your storm and say, Peace, have there be calm. But you know what? What we do is we get in the middle of the storm, and we let the storm consume our thoughts, our minds, our attitudes, our emotions, everything. Need to do is go to this word of God. Now I'm not now listen, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it does not make the storm any easier, but you can have peace and calm in the middle of it as you go through it. Because I, I've never been in a storm that didn't end. There is an end. And with Christ, you can walk through it. It may not be comfortable and it may not be easy, but you can walk through it. So he arose, he rebuked the wind. Now, do you know that when Jesus died, he sent the Holy Spirit because he saw us as, he saw you as so valuable that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. You have that kind of value. That valuable you are. But people still walking around, I feel worthless because why? Because somebody's told them that or they believe it themselves or they have failed, or they've made a mistake, or they're broken, or they're hurt. Stop allowing all of those things identify who you are. Your identity is in Jesus Christ, and that makes you valuable. Why am I hitting this so hard? Because you're saying, you know, Pastor, this is a Sunday school message. No, it is not. It is the foundation of where we've got to be, because I am watching the body of Christ right now get beat up because they feel worthless. Because the enemy has convinced them, you've got no power. I'm telling you what, I am absolutely done worrying about what the devil is doing and who he is using it to do through, and I'm going to walk in the authority I have and watch the demons flee before me. I don't know where you're at, but I'm done. I'm done. You know, I mean, that, that's about as dumb as you having a weapon and somebody coming up and slapping you in the head over and over and over and you not using any your weapon that you have. We have, it's a war that we're in, a spiritual warfare, and I understand, but we have all the authority that we need to win. But we forget that sometimes. And I understand, you get, you get beat down and you get tired, and then pretty soon you start grumbling and complaining and confessing the problem. That's where you've got to check yourself and say, stop. I'm going to confess the, the, the word of God, and I will get through this. You know, we understand this. You know, I, 
People say, well, you're just that name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Yeah, if it's in the Bible, you bet your butt I'm going to. See, I use that B word again in church. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm in trouble today. I'm just telling you. When I get home, my wife's going to, you can't do that. You can't. I say, all right, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I repent. Now it's forgotten. <laughs> so it said in Luke 22:25, it said, but it said to them, where's your faith? And they were afraid and marveled to one another, saying, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water to obey him. Where is your faith today? What, faith, what are you putting your trust in today? I'm going to give you a little clue right now. This could be revelation. You might want to write this down, underline it. If you want to find more peace and more joy today, turn off the news. I don't care what station you watch. Shut it off. Meditate on the Word of God. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time worshiping God. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to come out of that a little bit more joyful than that, that 30 minutes that you're watching all the doom and gloom that's going on in the earth. People say, well, I don't know where the earth is. I don't know where what the world's coming to. And I say, an end. It's coming to an end. Someday, it's coming to an end. But in Christ, do you know that you, you are so valuable? And why? You're eternal. You are eternal. You're going to spend somewhere forever. You're going to be somewhere forever and ever and ever and ever. Do you, don't you think that that makes you a valuable commodity? I want you to really understand how important you really are. No matter what you even think about yourself, you need to start looking at the Word of God and say what God says about you, not what you say about yourself. Because I know it is hard to believe, for some of you to believe, that even me, your pastor, I have a few doubts once in a while about me. I know it's hard to believe, but I do. And there's times I have to go to the Word and say, no, God's called you, God's anointed you, God's put you here, God's done this, this is what God says about you. I have to look in the mirror and say, hey, you're very good. Every one of us. Because that's who we really are. You aren't... This is for somebody today. You are not what happened to you. That is not who you are. You are not what someone did to you. That is not who you are. That is not who you are. Do not allow the enemy to make that your identity. You are a child of God. That makes you valuable. Now, that's... That's contingent on you receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, in verse 26 of Luke 22, they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Now, you know where I'm kind of going with this. We're talking about value. Why did Jesus go across that, across that sea and through the storm? Because there was something of value on the other side that he wanted to get to. And I'm going to take this in a couple of different directions. I mean, most of us all know this story. Gadarenes, the place of the tombs, it was a place of death. Now, this region of the Gadarenes was a bunch of heathens there. The Gentiles were there. And it was a region known for raising pigs. That was a business. It was, all right, it was for raising, raising pigs. Now, no Jewish person in their right mind is going to go there to start with because there's a bunch of pigs there that were unclean. And the Gentiles were there. 
Okay, but what did Jesus do? Jesus went right to a place of death for what purpose? To bring life. So wherever you're at, whatever broken place you're at, whatever hurting place you're at, Jesus is coming to you to bring life. And you're valuable. And so guess what? All right, I'm going to go on. I'll get to the guess what in a minute. Jesus went to where nowhere else, nowhere, no one else would. Why? Because there was people there that had value. In Luke 8, 27, when he stepped out on the land, there met a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, did he li- and nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When Jesus cried out, or when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him with a loud voice, said, what have I do- to do with you, Jesus, son of most high? I beg you, do not torment me. There's also an account of this in Matthew and in Mark. And in Mark, in, one, in Matthew, I believe, he says at one point, he says, don't send us to the abyss. It's not our time. It's not our appointed time for this thing to be wrapped up and be sent to the abyss for torment. Don't do that to us, please, because it recognized Jesus' authority. Now, we have that same authority. I can't emphasize that enough. And understand that he was, he was so demon-possessed It, 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 in, in Mark, it talks about at night he'd cut himself and scream and do all these things. And then it said in, in one portion of the scripture, it says people would not even go by that place because of the fear. They wouldn't even go near it. So this man that had all these demonic things, and he commanded the, the spirit to come out of him in Luke 28, 28. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by demons into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, what's your name? And he said, Legion. Now, a legion of soldiers was 6,000 in the Roman army. 6,000. 6,000 demons. Did Jesus bat an eye? No. Of course, it's, well, he was Jesus. <laughs> He was Jesus. I might bat an eye. The the point is, is that Jesus went to a place that looked like hell on earth because he knew there was something valuable there. And it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a something. It was a someone. All right, so now in verse 32 of Luke chapter 8, now a herd of many swine was feeding on the mountain, so they begged him that they would not permit them, um, that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man, entered the swine, and he ran violently down to the steep place into the lake, and they drowned. Now, I want you to see this progression here. The demons went from being in a place where they had absolute authority, where no one could even pass by that way. And they were running the whole show. They went from that to a bunch of sniveling whiners. Oh, please, don't torment me. Let me go into the piggies. That's how you need to see the devil. The sniveling whiner that he is. He's got a big mouth, but Jesus descended into hell and pulled, jerked every tooth out of his head. He says he walks around as if a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one. He tries to fool us. If there's ever, if there ever comes a time... When this thing wraps up, that you probably see him, you're probably just going to be shocked. I let that 
do that to me all those years? Now, listen, he's wise. He's smarter than we are. I get that. But we have authority that he has not. All right, so moving on. Now, why did Jesus go through all this? All because he saw value in someone. Now, I want to get to this. In Luke 8, 34, it says, When those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told in the city and the country. They went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from the demons had depart from, from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, I want you to think about this. They lived in that region, and here's what happened. The demons went into the pigs, went over the cliff. 2,000 pieces of pork went over. $2 million worth of pork went over the edge that day. And what did the people immediately do? They weren't concerned about seeing the guy in his right mind and demon possessed. They were worried about that thing that I valued. My money is gone. Two million dollars of pork went over. And guess what they did? Jesus, will you please leave the region? Do you think the enemy's doing anything different today? No. He's trying to hit what's valuable to you so you'll reject Christ. If I could take down one of your trucks that got stolen and bashed up, and oh, God... You know, I gave this business to you, and this is what happens. You're taking my money. You, you cost me money. Be, get out of here. Leave me be. That is exactly what they did. And why? They did not see what Jesus' point was. He was showing them what was truly valuable on this planet. It wasn't the pigs, and it wasn't the money. It was that man. That is what has value. Guess what? You could be that person. That could have been me. That could be you. He's no respecters of persons. You're that valuable to him. No matter what you're dealing with. No matter where you're at. I, you know, the thing that really frustrates me is that why is it that we have given people the mindset that if you get yourself tidied up and cleaned up just right, then you can come to my church? No. This is the hospital, man, for the soul. This is the place where those people are going to have to come to get freed up and cleaned up because where else are they going? Where else can they go? No place that I know of. Who else was going to help this poor, desperate, demon-possessed man if Jesus didn't show up? People in the region weren't. And, and, and you know, it was quest, somebody questioned me, well, why? Did the, and, and if you read one of the passages, I believe it's in Mark, the demons didn't want to leave that region. Why? Because there were a bunch of heathens there. They had their way. They got to do whatever they wanted. They had complete freedom because there was no authority there to put them in check. Guess who has the authority on this planet to stop the demons in the spiritual warfare going, who does? We do. But what do we do? We walk around worrying about, oh, the might do this or somebody might talk bad about me it might say something owie let me help you with that uh, yeah you know i got in trouble i got in trouble with somebody the other day because i said i do not care what people think wow well, that's just arrogance and that's just pride blah, blah, i don't care <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how listen i love all of you dearly and i 
don't know how Davian and I cry every day, every day when we drive out of here because people show up. We're so humbled and so blessed by that. But I'm going to tell you something. I am going to preach the truth of God's word the best that I know how, and I won't compromise that for anybody. I love you, but I'm not going to stand before God and him say, you know, that's something I told you to say. And you hedged that a little bit because it might have offended somebody, and somebody might have got upset and left. And I am not going to stand before God with that, folks. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. Let me help you with this people liking you. Now, okay, let's just say you, you go to Canada, the station mall because we don't have a mall here, right? <laughs> Let's go to Walmart. How's that? Let's say there's a bench at Walmart. You sit down at Walmart. A hundred people go by you. Fifty people will like you. Fifty people won't like you. If you talk to them, they don't know you. They've never seen you before. They already decide. Guess what? The same people that didn't like me before I was saved don't like me now. Some people that like me before don't like me now because I'm saved. Okay. My problem is this. That's not my problem. <laughs> That's your problem. Because I act exactly right. I know who I am in Christ. And I'm not, and listen, it's not an arrogance thing. I know who I am in Christ. And you are not going to tell me that what I was, I still am. Because I am a new creation by Christ, he said so, I believe it, I am not the same person, because I remember, you know, I've been at this 30 years now, and, and people look at me and say, well, I remember you when you were, I said, I don't remember that guy, I remember him, I know he existed, but he doesn't exist anymore, and understand how valuable, can you understand, please, and why am I hitting this so hard, because I truly believe this. If you do not see the value that Christ has in you, how are you ever going to see his value in other people? How are you going to see it? You know, so much value. And, and, and let me tell you, if you don't think that, that, that this is a timely message, listen, I, I'm, I'm a coach. I coach kids. And man, I love my guys. But I see it in them. They just don't think they're worth anything. But boy, when you, when you can encourage them and you can bring them up and all of a sudden through that encouragement they see an ounce of success, I mean, you should see them. They just beam and it's like I can, I can take on the world. That's what it's about. That is what it's about. You, you right there with your, new, with your new hairdo, you are so valuable. Now, I know and this is by the Spirit of the Lord. I do know her some, you know. You've been told contrary to that a lot in your life. That's a lie. That's a lie. And that's a lie. Amen. You're beautiful. The Lord loves you. You're valuable. And you are worthwhile. Yes. And I tell all the girls this, and the young men too. If any young woman or young guy comes around, you know, honeybee and you. Run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You are more valuable than what they think you might be. Make sure that you understand how valuable you are to Christ. And don't let anybody take that value away from you. And for some of you parents, bigger sticks. Yeah. 
Whatever it takes. But listen, do you know that, do you know how many demonic sinful things take place because people place, see themselves as having no value, so they look for value in other ways? Because they don't understand how valuable they really are. You are so, so valuable. And because you're eternal, your value is that much greater. You know, we put our value in so many things. Oh, and I'm going to close with this. If somebody, if somebody all of a sudden blessed me with a Ferrari, <laughs> no, okay, just, just I was just giving that holy pause in case somebody God was working on somebody. All right, I put so much value on that. That's my baby. That's my this, that, my... I'm telling you what, that beautiful Ferrari in three years, it would have rust spots on it too because we live in the UP. And that thing is, eventually that Ferrari is going to wind up on a heap somewhere as scrap metal someday. You are eternal. You are so much more valuable than the things that we are putting value in. And the thing of it is, when the enemy comes around and touches that thing which is valuable to you, are you rejecting Christ? Are you saying, no, that is not what is valuable. People are what is valuable. And guess who's a people? You are. So listen, if you get nothing out of today, nothing, other than I am valuable because Christ died for me, if he did it for that demon-possessed individual, he went where there was pigs, where no respectable Jewish person would have ever tread. It was in a heathen region that the Jews didn't want anything to do with. Jesus went through that. He was clothed in his right mind. And it's one of the few times in the Bible where Jesus told him, go and tell everybody what I've done for you. There's many times Jesus say, don't say a word because I don't want anybody to know who I am yet. He told this, I go and tell everyone. My wife and I this week had the privilege. A lady called us. She was not in a good place. We met with her. We prayed with her. We led her to Jesus Christ. She was in church this morning, broken down, absolutely in tears, saying, I have never experienced this kind of peace in my life. Now, I'm not giving that testimony for, about anything about me, but I'm going to tell you what. Those, to me, that is what it's all about. She was a broken person that Jesus Christ found and healed, and she, she just, she could not, she was overwhelmed with the fact that she had somebody that loved her and that cared about her. And she just sat in the service, the whole service, and just wept. She says, I've never experienced peace like this in my life, ever. That is what is valuable today. So here's what I'm going to do. The worship team's going to play. We're going to turn the lights down. And now in this church, maybe... Some churches aren't like this. I don't know. This, this altar is always open. If you feel like led, you need to go to the altar, and I'm preaching. You come to the altar, and you give the presence of God. I don't care. But it's not necessarily about the altar. 
But it's just a symbolic place of coming to get in the presence of God. You can do it right from where you're sitting. But if this message spoke to you at all, you've been or are in that place where, you know what, I just feel worthless, I'm broken. I'm not necessarily going to pray for you, but I want you to come up here, and I truly believe that the the Holy Spirit is going to touch you and and, and heal you and make you understand how valuable you are. You do not have to be identified with what you've been identifying yourself as. I'm broken, I'm worthless, I'm no good, I have no value. I just read you the scripture verses and preached a whole sermon about how valuable you are. You're valuable. And why does the enemy want to stop you? Because if he can stop you, that means that you can't continue to go out and see the value in others and lead them to Christ as well. And that's what it's all about. We can have our nice fancy church services and this and that, but if we're not helping anybody, what good is it? It's no good. I said this before. When we become that kind of church, I'll burn it down and we'll start over. People absolutely need what we have. We have the authority. We have the power. We have the spirit of God. Listen, I am a Bible-thumping, demon-chasing, on-fire-for-God, spirit-filled, tongue-talking man of God. If I can't overcome, then that's not the Lord's fault. He's given us everything we need. I am an overcomer, and I'm going to help others overcome too. Amen? Listen, this altar is open. We're going to play this song. Let it minister to you. If you want to come forward, come forward. If not, when we're done, I will we'll close the service.
Jesus. Uh, we thank you, Lord. Yes. Lord, it is well with our soul. Lord, I thank you that today you touch people and you let them understand and realize how valuable they are. The most valuable commodity on this earth is them. So we give you praise today. Lord, I pray that people were blessed today through the worship, through the word, through the fellowship, through this time in your presence. We give you all the praise and all the glory. I pray protection around everybody that's here as they go. Let them realize how important they are in you this entire week. And Lord, I pray that you put people in their paths, that you allow them to share the good news of how valuable they are as well. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday afternoon. It stopped snowing, but that's no promises.